At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, and this week I've got some new research on artificial sweeteners and how they may affect sugar metabolism, and also some tips on how to use non-caloric sweeteners safely if you choose to. Artificial sweeteners, like Splenda and Equal, were once seen as a calorie counter's best friend. I mean, you can drink all the sweet tea or lemonade or soda that you want without ingesting a single calorie or gram of sugar. You can even eat pudding, ice cream, yogurt, baked goods, and other desserts sweetened with sugar-free substitutes. And yet, the proliferation of more and more sugar-free foods and beverages doesn't seem to have made even a dent in the obesity epidemic. I tackled this paradox in one of the very first Nutrition Diva episodes way back in 2008. And back then, we still weren't sure whether there was something about artificial sweeteners that directly promoted weight gain. Scientists wondered, for example, whether artificial sweeteners might backfire by causing cravings for other sweets or an increased appetite that would lead you to consume more calories. Early studies in rats seem to support this theory, but so far results in human trials have been mixed. Alternatively, it could have been more of a behavioral phenomenon. For example, it could be that using artificial sweeteners gives people a false sense of security that then leads them to overconsume other foods. You know, the old, I'm having a Diet Coke, so go ahead and supersize those fries effect. This much is clear. Artificial sweeteners do not automatically lead to weight loss or prevent weight gain. Among the people who use non-caloric sweeteners, the only ones who seem to consistently lose or maintain their weight are the ones who are also strictly monitoring and restricting their intake of other foods. Another supposed advantage of artificial sweeteners is that they do not cause an increase in your blood sugar the way sugar does. And this would seem to have obvious benefits for those with diabetes or pre-diabetes. But a growing body of research suggests exactly the opposite. Although the artificial sweeteners themselves don't cause your blood sugar to rise, they appear to have a negative impact on your blood sugar response to other foods. One large study found that consumption of aspartame, that's what's in equal, is associated with an impaired ability to manage blood sugar in those who are overweight. Another study found that overweight subjects who did not typically use artificial sweeteners experienced higher blood sugar and insulin spikes from meals eaten after they ingested sucralose, which is in Splenda. And these findings were confirmed by a more recent study, which found that consuming sucralose all by itself didn't affect the body's ability to metabolize sugar, but consuming sucralose together with foods containing carbohydrates did. In fact, the effect was especially pronounced in adolescents, so much so that the teenagers who were participating in this trial were removed early due to ethical concerns. In other words, having a diet soda with your meal is not the same 
as having water with your meal. Even though both have zero sugar and zero calories, your blood sugar is likely to be higher after the meal with the diet soda. And over time, those higher blood sugar and insulin spikes can increase your risk of developing type 2 diabetes as well as lead to weight gain. And these reduced sugar products or recipes that use a combination of sugar and artificial sweeteners in order to reduce the calories without sacrificing all of the flavor and the texture that sugar provides, they may actually be doing more harm than good. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Manufacturers of artificial sweeteners and the products made with them have pushed back against these conclusions. The Calorie Control Council, this is an industry group for artificial sweeteners, tried to make a big deal out of a 2018 study that found that daily intake of aspartame, found in equal, for 12 weeks had no effect on blood sugar response, appetite, or body weight. Now, one interesting thing I noticed about this study is that some of the aspartame was delivered in a capsule form. So if our taste receptors do play a role in the body's hormonal or metabolic response to artificial sweeteners, as many suspect, this effect would have been muted in this study. The study also involved only normal weight subjects, and other studies have suggested that, ironically, artificial sweeteners may have more deleterious effects in overweight people than they do in normal weight people. Now, the explanation for this mystery may reside, along with the answer to so many of life's unanswerable questions, in the gut. When it comes to digestion, blood sugar, insulin, appetite, and fat storage, the bacteria that live in our intestines are calling a lot of the shots. As I described in a previous episode, both Splenda and Equal, which are the two most commonly used zero-calorie sweeteners, promote the growth of specific strains of intestinal bacteria that are associated with obesity. The case against artificial sweeteners seems to be getting stronger and stronger as time goes on, but what if, despite all that, you just don't feel like you can give up zero-calorie sweeteners? Is there any way to use them safely? Well, here's my best advice. Number one, use them in moderation. Stop thinking of non-caloric sweeteners as free foods that you can consume in unlimited quantities. I suggest you use the same degree of moderation as you would with regular sugar. Now, the recommended limit for added sugar is 25 grams per day, and that would translate to no more than one 12-ounce can of diet soda or three packets of artificial sweetener per day. And I have a link to an article in which I have some other equivalent measures for other types of non-caloric sweeteners. Number two, try the more natural non-caloric sweeteners. In terms of their effects on gut bacteria, the newer sugar-free sweeteners such as stevia and monk fruit and sugar alcohols like xylitol and erythritol appear to be a better choice than the more synthetic sweeteners like sucralose and aspartame. 
They're also getting easier to find. There's an increasing number of beverages, snack bars, desserts, and baking mixes that are made with stevia, monk fruit, and sugar alcohols. You'll even find the little packets of them at the coffee bars. However, the same guidelines for moderation still apply. And number three, make sure you're feeding the good bacteria too. A diet rich in prebiotic and probiotic foods promotes more desirable strains of intestinal bacteria, which can help keep the balance tipped in your favor. That means lots of legumes, whole grains, and fermented and cultured foods. Do you use non-caloric sweeteners on a regular basis? Which ones do you like and how much do you usually consume in a typical day? Have you noticed any positive or negative effects after switching maybe from one to another or from decreasing your intake? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You can post them on the Nutrition Diva Facebook page. And if you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like me to cover, call the Nutrition Diva listener line and leave me a message. The number is 443-961-6206. I'd love to hear from you. There is a transcript of today's show, along with links to a lot of research and some related resources at quickanddirtytips.com. And I also have to thank the great team at Macmillan Audio for everything they do to make this podcast possible, including my producer, Nathan Sems, my editor, Karen Hertzberg, as well as Morgan Ratner, Michelle Margulis, Emily Miller, and our director, Kathy Doyle. And thanks to you for listening. <laughs>